0: Kwanviyoma Law, PLLC, is 100% native-owned and operated, founded by Vern Kwanviyoma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Kwanviyoma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering. Community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations.
1: Your family's health is important. Access and kids care can help you care for the people you care about. See a doctor on or off reservation at IHS Tribal and Urban Indian Clinics or anywhere else. Health coverage through access and kids care is offered at no cost to tribal members, their children and their grandchildren. To make an appointment with someone who can help you apply for health coverage, visit CoverAZ.org or call 211. If you already have access or kids care, don't forget to renew. CoverAZ can help with that as well. That's C-O-V-E-R-A-Z
0: or call 211. The Weihongnem Creations is an indigenous woman-owned small business specializing in handmade fine arts, primarily custom jewelry and attire. The artist behind The Weihongnem Creations is A.J. Nkwaitiwa and the work she makes explores the relationships between modern culture with a respect for Hopi traditions and values. The pieces she creates results from her hope to make indigenous art visible. Nkwaitiwa aims to promote and sustain the continued practice of those arts for future generations. You can find available work online at www.TheWeihongnemCreations.com and you can also follow at TheWeihongnem under score on Instagram and Twitter or to Ve-Hung-Nim Creations Facebook to stay up to date. <laughs> You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is Mr. Learns, His got his education from a meme. Carl, (laughs) I printed out my (laughs) my certificate. I print
1: I printed out. They they actually sent me a link, and they said that here. uh, You know
0: we don't want to waste any of our ink. Go and waste your ink. And and then you hung it up on the refrigerator yourself. (laughs) So was proud. So was very very proud of me. I I I believe that I believe that.
1: i mean it was it was it was strange i mean well they didn't really send me a link they sent me a link to like a picture of my certificate my not my certificate my diploma yeah and they said that uh i can print it out right away uh-huh because uh just in case uh they you know jobs around need, need- so so
0: you had to download download it on I, your it was uh, a flash drive <laughs> and then you had to take it to the local library yeah it was like that and so. then you had to plug in and <laughs>
1: <laughs> but be- I, I was pride I did, I did get my, I, out your, I got my actual diploma. diploma. They yeah. sent it to me about four weeks later. Do you remember from China?
0: Do, do you remember that when we graduated from high school, like they gave yeah. you this checkoff list? You had to do like all these different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I don't exactly remember. Like you had to have the library checkoff to make sure you didn't have any overdue books. Yeah, yeah. And then you had to get signatures from certain folks, but I remember like, that was like the happiest thing I ever did in high school because I was like, fuck yeah, I'm doing this. And (laughs) as soon as this last check mark is checked, I'm done. I'm out
1: of here. You know, it felt so weird doing the last day checkout Mm -hmm. because it felt like it was, it was like a new day. Like you're not it was like <laughs>
0: you're an adult. You're Yeah, you're, you're like adult? yeah. No, let's do this kid thing kid here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. it's so weird because it was like it was like fresh in the air, and then you got to get picked up by Soul, and <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're picking up a different man today. So remember what you said that most jobs require a a high school education. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, or, or a GED or a GED. Mm-hmm. When has a job ever asked you? No shit. I know. When has a job ever
0: asked you for your diploma? Well, you know what? You know what I was thinking. What I was thinking was because I was thinking about my 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 college degree. Yeah, because I was thinking, where are they? Where where? Where do I physically yeah. have them? Yeah. And then you know I I know that my masters I have it. It's yeah. it's hanging on my wall. Yeah. And then my bachelor's I believe my parents have my copy for some strange <laughs> reason they 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 have yeah. my copy. Yeah. And I was thinking about it because then you know I was thinking about you know when you apply for jobs right yeah. It, yeah. you have to explain your qualifications and part of that is your education and I've never like printed out a copy of my my degrees before because then I've just never included it with yeah. anything that I've submitted as far as applying for jobs. I, you just write it down, like yeah. you just write yeah. it. You do in the body of the field of the application that you're filling out that yeah, I earned my degree and this is the year that I've earned it. And then like even my current employer, they never ask. Can we see verification? Like, are you telling the truth? Do you really have that? college degree and then let alone like like let alone your high school diploma like Like i i don't even know where that is my my assumption is that my parents have yeah my high school diploma because then like I, okay, and you know this is kind of a part of my real dickheadish way of thinking. It's like everybody should have a high school diploma. Yeah, like there's nothing hard about getting a high school diploma. Like all you do is that you show up every day and you just do the work that they tell you to do. At the very least, even if you don't do a good job of it, the very least you get C's and then yeah. you still graduate. Yeah. And then, you know, so I, I think that everybody should have that. But of course, you know, I think that's going to be a big part of today's discussion is why some people don't have it. You know, some of the issues that go on in our communities and so forth. But it's like I, I've never and then even being on the opposite side of it, of applying for jobs, being on the other side yeah. where you're you're doing the hiring and then somebody's giving you their application. I hardly ever look at the fact that do they have their high school diploma as a part of this package? <laughs> do they have their call a copy of their college degree as a part of this package? Like I don't even like I glance at it and then, then it, it's out of sight, out of mind Yeah. Like, to me, the most important part of an application when you're applying to me, the things that I look at is, is how did you complete the application? Like, first of all, if you wrote it by hand on ink, more than likely, you're going at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then if you took the time to type it out and actually make it look professional, then, you know, you, you're kind of a little bit more clear-sighted as far as how I'm looking at it. But also, too, how you write. Like, if you write like, yo like you're dog. still in high school. Like, yo, dog, I need this job, Holmes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> on my last my last dollar bill. <laughs> Yes, so
1: you're yes. hired. You're hired. Yes.
0: yes, and then you know if you get if you write it the other way, you know it's like I would like to it's like extending, extending the words with, like uh,
1: <laughs> during the fifth century in China there was the Great Depression which led
0: to my demise as recited by my favorite poet <laughs> William Shakespeare.
1: Thou hast not been a parent of dollar bills i'm pretty sure that's how i got my job my my first job
0: <laughs> but, but but like that though it's like you you go through and I, I think that's the point of your question is like you go through all of this time and effort to earn a diploma to earn a gd yeah. or even for those of yeah. us that go to higher ed that you earn well and i i guess you know there's there's um there there's disclaimers right because if you earn a law degree of course that's important like, that is you very you have, have to have, have. like you a doctor's have have if you're being a medical you doctor to go, yeah so yeah into, into, into the law field or, or like you said a medical your md degree yeah like you, you have, to, have to you have to have that to have. but like for me right or for us it's like my ais degree you know it's like my current employer they weren't really like, like a bullshit degree <laughs>
2: here,
0: just hire him <laughs> Just hire this guy. They, they they weren't really, you know, ensuring that, you know, I, I really completed yeah. that. Yeah. And so, but you know, I but but like I said though, I, I I think it's 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 just like your 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 authorization to walk through the door, I guess. I guess so. I guess because but well I I I guess you know that that's not true. It's it's like for, for my current employer, right? Like the minimum was bachelor's yeah. bachelor's a bachelor's degree. You had to have a bachelor's degree to get that job. And they looked and saw, yep, he's got a bachelor's degree. But they hire him. But <laughs> I, I doubt that they really look to see, you know, like, is his copy yeah. of the degree here? Yeah, or They're yeah. not calling ASU and say, you know, the, the, this <laughs> did, he really here, did he, go he really school go to school here? <laughs> is, is he full of shit? <laughs> ASU is like, mm, I have to get back to you on that.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no clue who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we're, we're back with another episode this week. And so, you know what I was thinking, though, as far as the episodes go? Yeah. Is that so far, you know, and we'll cross our fingers and knock on some wood, but we've actually gone up to week six of this season without any interruptions really without any disruptions because I think that in the last two seasons that we had a few breaks like yeah. in between weeks yeah. in season as a result of various issues but so far we've been going strong and so you know big sh- shouts out to us shouts out to us shouts out to the listeners for listening tuning in every single week shouts out to our weekly or to our monthly your subscribers, subscribers yeah. to yeah. Our, our new, our new 30 pack circle of. I rivers. think we have 12 circle now? our new and improved because then outside of just giving us money that you actually get something back that you get that, Added additional episode. Yeah. And I really hope that the listeners that do pay for that you know, are
1: enjoying it. The bad thing about it is that we don't know their first and, first and last it's names. Such an it's such odd Yeah, Because on our end, the information that we get, all we get is their emails. Yeah, we get the emails and we don't get the At least time. with the old system, we actually got to see their names. And then we got to shout them out. So. And we got to shout them yeah. out.
0: that. So I, I guess, you know, behind the scenes, look, that's the reason why we don't shout out our... 30-pack circle supporters anymore. And Is that because- Yeah. Let's blame Anchor for that. But although we don't want to blame Anchor too much because <laughs> they're, 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 supporting they're the house this. that yeah. we live in. So.
1: <laughs> so if you guys have double, uh, double subscriptions, I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> this goes for you, Troy. I know Troy- <laughs> I hope you have a double subscription. So,
0: <laughs> and so you know today's episode is kind of a, a part two of last week's episode, yeah. Because then you know, as we mentioned, that we really only scratched the surface of the topic because there is so much more that we wanted to talk about. Did and- you did you get any hate mail because of that episode
1: or anything hateful because of that? Well,
0: well, you know, I I, I am taking a social media. Sabbatical, So oh, okay. I, you know, the people out there in, in the universe don't have access to me. And so really, the only way to contact me is if you have my phone number or if you have my email, I need your phone number. And I don't think a whole lot of people do. <laughs> and you know, there's a reason why you don't yeah. have it. It's because you know, <laughs> I'm trying to live to at least it's 50.
1: <laughs> well, uh, the thing that w- I was talking about with, uh, educators, cause my, my, uh, you know my household, your circle, my circle. You know my guys, their their kids and their their family are all educators. My guys,
0: <laughs> our guys. I don't know. I, we we had this conversation <clears throat> over the weekend, and there's yeah, there there there's strong evidence to support that you were left on so <laughs> doorstep as a baby. But I grew up okay. <laughs> my my
1: diploma is still
0: on the fridge. <laughs> that you printed out that yourself. That I printed out
1: myself but anyway i we were discussing you know like sort of basically the round table kind of like you know how you know like that uh, what was that um the round table talk where one person would talk and they kind of debated against it yeah against yeah, it. yeah yeah and so we we started talking about that and you know they're all educators they they all they all educate inside of the, their field like you know uh, high school education elementary education mm-hmm. and and we started talking about like the, the episode that we just did and they, cause they really don't really listen to it unless it sparks their interest. <laughs> well, that's nice to know. <laughs> so uh, they, they said that I want to listen to this episode because it talks about education. And I think that education is something that we as Hopis kind of forefront this whole idea of living, mm-hmm. living in a, in a big, great world of like, of uh, of the things because in order for us to kind of survive you know behind the ways we have to get a behind education and mm-hmm. that's true
0: yeah and that's yeah. true
1: and there was no there was no real argument to that but then I I kind of tipped those scales to like what it what what if that you know um, Hopi education is more important than behind education mm-hmm. and they per, said per per the episode. Per the episode and they said that, well, yes, it is because they weren't really thinking about the Hopi side of yeah. things. They were more mainly thinking, thinking about, about like the dinero. Yeah, side. Of things. Yeah, because you said that in the last episode or back episode, last week episode, you said that teachers want to do it for the kids. Mm-hmm. If they were so truly inspired by doing something like this, they would do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, you know. Hopies
0: don't charge you know kids to teach these types of different you, you things know like you know you know that's a joke, but then it's like it, it's it, it's like you think about anything right yeah like like you think about if somebody came in walked through this door right now, yeah and they said, you know, I'd like you to promote my ad yeah, can you do it for free? yeah and let, let's pretend it's a lady, yeah, and they're like average looking yeah and then so we tell them it costs this much. If Scarlett Johansson walked through the door yeah. and said, I want you guys to promote this yeah. and I want you to do it for free, yeah. what are we saying? We're saying hell yeah. Yeah. I'm in the back, <laughs> you know, just like panting away. <laughs> If you really, I, I you know, I, I wouldn't doubt that if you truly want to do something, you wouldn't do it <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, that's, that's how the idea goes behind teachers in general is that knowledge should not be, should not cost, should not any- cost, should not cost yeah. anything. Yeah. And I know that kids are, or, or, or at least financially, financially cost, cost. I should say that, you know, cause when you teach Hopi, I, I do believe some knowledge should be earned. Yeah, like when you teach Hopi, it's earned through like the mm-hmm. household. It's and that's earned through what, the that's clanship. That's the cost. That's, that's the, the cost, cost of it. Like but when you're you saying financially, cost. but financially, but if you if you're really like an elementary teacher and stuff like that, you, you should do it for free. <laughs> I believe you should do it for free. I mean, like there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's a it's not called a job. It's called a passion. If you're doing something <laughs> for the kids.
0: Oh God. And you know, I, I was gonna mention this before you brought this up, but we do have a special guest today and so we do actually have somebody that is an educational professional. Yeah. And so, you know, they do have this insight. So you can ask her if she should be doing this for free and then she'll <laughs> tell you why that's a dumb comment. <laughs> it's not a dumb comment. I think it's it's a valid
1: comment. <laughs> Because, okay, so like artists pretty much, right? They, sometimes they sell their art for for things yeah, basically. Yeah. But if they're really passionate about
0: something like that, then they really don't need... Well, the, the prime example that I was going to say is that the podcast, we don't get paid to do yeah. this. And yet we continue to come back week after week. And I mean, granted that, you know, the work that I put into it isn't equivalent to a 40 hour work week. No, there's still effort that's put into it. And then, you know, we come here once and once in a week. But as I'm talking, I'm thinking that it's probably a poor example of it. <laughs> but. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, like, yeah, we were talking about the the whole
1: idea of uh, education, and that's what was brought up. It's it's the the Hopi versus the the way of educating ourselves. Mm-hmm. And yes, like, like I said before, yes, we do need a Bahana education in order to survive the Pahan the world. You know, we need we need that. And but we do need a Hopi education more than we need a hope uh, education, because yes, y- you know, we our culture is dying. I think that. You know, even though we say that this is because I want to survive, I want yeah, to get money. Yeah. I need to get. Yeah. You know, I have bills to pay. Yeah. You know, Hopi doesn't pay bills. I well, yeah. We we do. <laughs> no, no, no. Hopi culture doesn't pay bills. Hopi culture doesn't doesn't oh, have oh, that. Okay. Yeah. I thought you're not meaning not the Hopi's, people. Not, people not, not the Hopi people, but Hopi Hopi does not pay bills. Okay. Hopi does not have bills. Hope he has has a right to the land, has a right to the language, has a right to the culture.
0: Well well, you know, because one of the things that I said in the paid portion yeah. of last week's episodes was that I talked about how this idea of education that, you know, when we talk about education that we always put it in a vacuum but in my mind that, you know, education is interconnected with a lot of things like, you know, like like your well-being is interconnected with education our economy is interconnected with education and just all of these different aspects of our life is interconnected with education and, you know it's, it's kind of weird because this whole topic of education, well, you know, two weeks we've been talking about it here on the podcast but even with my job that this topic of education has just kind of been really uh, prominent in, in conversations that I've been having. And then also, too, in addition to that, that, you know, July 1st is also an important date for Hopi, because that's when this new Hopi Board of Education is supposed to Implement and then henceforth, that you know, all schools here on the reservation are going to be one under one school district. So, you know, just this idea of education has just been constantly being discussed. And then to me, it's like that you know, it's the reason why we go to school now is because we need a diploma. We need a high school diploma. We need a GED so we can get a job. Yeah. And then so we can start making money. Yeah. Because then, you know, when you said that people should do this for free, it's like, well, they don't do it for free because they need to eat. They Mm -hmm. need a roof over their head. But then when you talk about this idea of a Hopi education, a part of that Hopi education is learning how to farm Mm -hmm. so you can eat, Mm -hmm. is learning how to build a home so you can have a roof over your head yeah but they're not charging for it, and you're well you're not financially charging for it but you you still got to put the work in to develop it but you know and i i think that you know this is something that i wanted to talk about too a little bit further in the episode but it's this idea of a hopi education why is it being diminished as we continue to move towards the future And then, you know, like that, like, I guess reintroducing why that Hopi education or that traditional education is important, because then how does that refocus our gaze? Yeah. And so,
1: like, you know, it I guess what you're trying to say is that, yes, there are certain times that we can charge for education. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I mean, like Hopi Hopi. Hopis don't charge anybody for education, but they charge their like maybe their uh their time and effort, yeah, yeah, to do yeah. something like that exactly, so like speaking of the whole idea behind like like d- doing work weeks and doing different things like that, I know that you're gonna be really, really busy and really, really you know doing things like that, and especially when we come from a like up and kind of go
0: kind of thing like that. I, I don't think that we talk about it enough because then, you know, I got a couple of big trips coming up. Yeah. And, you know, it's gonna be one of the longest trips that I'm gonna be going on. And then you know, you call them vacations, but you know, they're 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 work trips and I and think so, they're vacations. <laughs> and then so it's like that. It's like being a professional Hopi on the reservation because then you got all of, you, all of the work that you have to do for your job, but then because the farming season is practically upon us. And then yeah. so it's like all that work and all of that effort that you need to put in in order to get down to your bus, uh, to get down to your field and to, to be able to do that. It's like not only does that require energy. But then and in addition to that, because of so much that you have to do between your job and the field, then you're stressed out. You are. You're very, very stressed out. I remember that.
1: I remember last year I was so stressed out for planting and for doing my job and for doing different things like that, that I had no way of getting out of it. So, I mean, like... I know that there are some solutions out there that can help you with stress and everything like that. But one solution came to us. And it
0: couldn't have came at a better time. Exactly.
1: It couldn't have came at a better time, which is magic mind. Magic mind is one of those little things that kind of boost your energy up. And we've been taking it for quite some time now. You and I, you and I have been taking it. And it's basically, it's just like like a little energy drink. Matcha, matcha has matcha in there, has like lion's mane and all these other ingredients that I probably going to mess up, you know, like, but the thing is that it has a lot of these different natural ingredients to help you along the way. And, and so magic mind has actually brought up my, uh, my, my, my energy levels. It has made me focused a little bit more and, and, you know, it has made me a little bit stress-free because going, Going from different places to places kind of stresses me out in a little way because of like, what's going to happen? What's going to do that? And so when I've been taking Magic Mind, I kind of have that little bit ease, kind of like that, um, you know, like the, like basically like a nice ride trip going down a river. Well, you know what? Since you've been taking Magic Mind, you haven't yawned once On the episode. I know, right? And you're doing a lot of that last week. Exactly. And like last week, I was doing that. But when I started Magic Mind, I had, I have much more energy and I have much more focus. And that's the
0: reason why, you know, in the beginning, it's a lot more better mm-hmm. and so magic Mind is a sponsor of the podcast for today and so what they did was that they sent us 15 tiny little shots and you know they, they look like grass shots because then you know it's a solid green color yeah and that you're supposed to take it uh over a period of time yeah so that you know it builds up that energy and in order to be able to talk about magic Mind better i actually started taking it four days ago so that way that i could take it four days up to today which today would be my fifth day, taking it. And then, you know, over over the weekend, I had one of the most productive weekends that I've had in a while that I woke up and I helped out <laughs> the res Famous wife in the kitchen. I washed the mountain of dishes that accumulated because my wife's so busy saving the world. And so, you know, I helped out in that way. And then in addition to that, I got down to my field, I was able to do a little bit of cleaning down there. And I deserve probably a father of the day award for that day because then on top of all of that, I took my kids to the park. Nice. So I had all of this energy to be able to do that. And then, so, you know, being able to take magic mind that, you know, it does come in a little shot container and it's green. And so, you know, it does taste, how it looks it tastes green and it kind of tastes it has this herby flavor it has a nice little citrus kick to it i had no issues taking it although i think that you kind of had to get adjusted to it a little bit yeah and then so you know for our res listeners out there it might take a little bit of an adjustment but for all our urban listeners out there if you're accustomed to jamba juice then you know it's something that you might be able to handle with no problem yeah, exactly. So, if you guys want to have uh,
1: you know our shot or have the Magic Mind shot here, <laughs> you can get it at a discount. You can get it our at our discount. So, go to uh, www.magicmind.co slash Carl and J Man and enter Carl and J Man uh, as the uh, discount code, and you can get a fifty percent discount on your subscription.
0: Within the first 10 days. Exactly. So if you're listening to this, as soon as the podcast release, go visit the website that Carl explained and then use our promo code, Carl and J man, that's C-A-R-L-A-N-D-J-M-A-N. And you will get 50% off within the next 10 days. Exactly. So, I mean, like
1: that's, you know, that shot has really gotten me. Energize! I think I want to do a subscription with them. So,
0: and then, so if you're somebody out there that needs a kick in the pants during that two o'clock afternoon hour that a lot of us happen to exactly. start sagging at, then you know, Magic Mind would be the way to go to be able to keep up that energy, to keep that focus, and to uh, keep that stress where it belongs. Nice, nice. Ready for nice. you when you get home after work. <laughs> Exactly. All right. So we're going to go
1: ahead and bring on our guest here, here in a few minutes, because I believe that, you know, that she is an educator. She, uh, I, she's currently an educator, Mm -hmm. right? So, Mm -hmm. and she's Mm -hmm. working currently at one of the local, um, uh, native schools. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, she, she does a lot with the kids and
0: I believe she's an elementary teacher.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so
0: we'll, we'll go ahead and- And in, she went to the same K-12, K, through 12, K uh, elementary school that we did. Yeah.
1: We many, went to, Many years ago. We went to a public school. We didn't go to a BIA school. Well,
0: well, you know what? You went to a BIA school, I think in kindergarten. In kindergarten, yeah. And then you got pulled out. Yeah. Because you weren't making the cut. Because I wanted to. Be- because you were bringing the test scores down <laughs> at the school. And- <laughs> because I, uh, it- I- And the school was in danger of losing funding, so they had to trim some fat- and then they sent you to uh the eagle's nest
1: and so they uh they basically said that damn this the carl guy i don't know who this guy is but uh
0: (laughs) so somebody called so and like so i think it's probably the best of everybody's interest if uh, we parted ways all right so let's go ahead and bring on our
1: our guest here and to see if she's here
0: eliza are you there welcome to the podcast
2: Hey, yes, I'm here. How's it
0: going? It's going pretty good, and thank you for joining us. We're sorry that you missed us in last week's episode, but uh, Carl and I apparently had enough BS to spit out there that we could build up for a second episode on education.
2: Right on. Let's
0: do it. All right, let's do it. And so, Eliza Thornberry, if you would like to share whatever it is that you would like to share with our audience introduce yourself introduce yourself and and how you fit into this conversation of education as far as your experience goes
2: so actually i'm not eliza my name is amy we were thinking of superhero names and at work uh, my colleagues were trying to rename me with a good name so we had to go back with an old nickname but i am amy um i do work in the field of education i've spent 16 years oh, wow. working in the field of education, guiding, guiding youthful minds to become great people. Um, but I think first, cause I was listening to you guys talk about OP education versus a the system education, but I think it's really important to really get to the, the bottom of what education is. And I believe that community is at the very center of education because learning is a social process. So it's a process of making connections with each other, with ideas, with place, with ourselves. And so let's take it from there.
1: All right. Perfect. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, You know, like uh, we were explaining because when we were talking about
0: the education wise and we were talking about. well, well, Actually, actually, sorry, Carl, cut you off real quick. But but Amy, can you share uh, your experience within education as far as like like. What is your job within education? That's what I was going to say.
1: Oh, I don't know why you cut me off for that.
0: Well, you know that's another power of magic mind is that you know it c- connects. Uh, it minds, connects t- minds
1: to this. So
0: I was ready to say that. I don't I know why. Say that. I just wanted to be a dick and
1: cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Amy. So I've got a
2: degree in early. I've got a degree in early childhood education. Um, I use it in several capacities. I've uh, worked in a library, I've been an education director for a tribe, I've worked in a public ed setting behind the scenes and as well as the administrative side, so I've kind of done the whole ballgame of each side of the coin as far as what my role is in education.
0: And Amy, can you tell us uh, what al- elementary school you went to school to?
2: I went to Linkuppy Day School.
0: Woo, go Panthers! I was a public school brat over there. Yeah, you were a Panther dropout. (laughs) Or a Panther expellee is I had my reasons, <laughs> <laughs> and and so so Amy, we were we were able to kind of jump into this conversation, or we were able to have this conversation, and you know, just like last week, that we spent a whole thirty minutes just setting things up before we even got to the real meat of things. But we kind of were talking, or I guess generally, we were talking about the state of education today here on the reservation, and you know, I I think that myself being an experienced student as far as experience goes within our educational system. But then, you know, of course you're the professional and, you know, you can probably give us a lot of, a, a little bit more hard facts as to it, but you know, I I've seen, and this is really my own experience my own perspective my own opinion but as far as our educational system and existence today that you have a lot of issues that keep us from going getting to this promised land that carl and i talked about last week as far as uh so some ideal situations that you'd like within your school as a educational professional amy what do you see as some of the issues that are going on within our schools here on the reservation
2: so this is a two-fold question because um, when you work in a school, there's always funding. Funding drives the school, one, but also, two, you have to really go back to what education is and it's a community. You have to set your kiddos up so that they will be successful. And I think, really, as a whole, we have to really get rid of the idea that we're somehow inferior because Hopi education, whether it's true Hopi or if it's in the Bahana school setting on Hopi you have to really look at the heart of it and that heart of it is the community because we have to be able to connect with one another. We have to be able to connect with the ideas and with ourselves so from a school perspective funding is always a challenge because funding then guides what you can provide for the kids but if you flip the coin as a community member we all have to question what our role is in education whether you're a teacher or not everybody has a place of value that they can contribute.
0: So, so I, I guess to, to that, to, to this topic of funding, then Amy, uh, because uh, I, I imagine that because you've, filled all of these different positions within the realm of education. And so I'd have to imagine that there's a desire that there's a passion for, for the work that you do. And so with that being said, why aren't you working for free? Yeah. I was going as, to say the same Carl thing Carl proclaimed earlier in the Dude, yep.
1: magic mind is working perfectly. Cause I was going to ask the same thing. <laughs>
2: well, I would, there are times I do things for free. Um, as a whole, I would not do things for free because one education is something that cannot just be easy to attain. You cannot get it easily because then you don't cherish it. Or you might get yourself in a bad spot where you might think you know something, but you might miss the essence of what that knowing really means because I believe that there are differences between knowing something versus understanding something. It's a little more deeper rooted. So I wouldn't use what I know to change myself in a way that wouldn't be willing to not volunteer. But also, we just—it's 2023. We've got to be able to provide for ourselves, for our families, for ourselves. We just got to get going.
1: So you're saying you're saying that uh, I know more than you, so I'm going to charge you for it.
2: <laughs> not necessarily. It's understanding. I understand what my role is within it. I understand how I'm able to help shape the minds of young people to then grow into whomever they're going to become by charging the way for that
1: by by charging for it. Right.
2: Not necessarily. I mean, I do receive an income, but uh, Arizona ranks pretty low as far as what educators are paid. So at that point there is, you know, there's a lot of before and after work that you are not paid for. You're willing to do because it enhances what kiddos will learn. So, would I do it totally free? No. And, and so, I, I am th- I willing to take a little pay cut? Yes. Yeah.
0: I think that's something that you could probably speak more to than Carl and I ever could. It's that because, you know, generally we know, or at least I know, I know that teachers are overstretched oftentimes or that, you know, they're required to do a lot of things with their own resources versus, you know, what's provided for them within the school budget. And so, Amy, can you kind of give us, a, I, I guess, the day in the life of an educator, uh, kind of, you know, any, anything that um, speaks to the amount of work that is required to be put in especially if you have passion for your job and you're really trying to provide a quality education for the children that's within your classroom
2: yeah I've actually clocked this in a time study so basically it looks like devoting 16 hours but getting paid for eight each day see so they do work and for school is 180 cars. days mm-hmm.
1: so there is a huge totally cl-
2: free. chunk of it that is volunteered time. fine
1: so, like, volunteered
2: you know, resources.
1: So, like, uh, you know, where, when we were talking about like the education system there, and you know, last week's episode, we were mentioning that there are a lot of similar problems in different schools, and yet nothing has been done to it. What do you think? could be done to it if you were you know in charge of all of these schools here if you were if you were put in that position to do something about it what would be your first thing to do is to try to uh, consolidate all of these problems into one and then try to fix it what would be the first step for you
2: as an individual I would question my role in education and I would also spread the message for everyone to question their role in education because there's nothing further from the truth. Uh, schools do need the community they need the help to tutor kids, to enliven kids to support, to strengthen it all goes back to the community so once you get everyone on board and once everybody is able to process what their role is together you can make those improvements school funding is tied to attendance kids have to go to school you know. and there are times when families check kids out of school early and it might be a good fit for that day but by sending your kid, you also then help the school be able to receive funding to provide back to your kid. It's a reciprocal process. So when people start to understand those terms or as administration starts to break it down for families to understand what their role is, then together as a team, you're able to work together towards a goal and the goal is to ha- have kids become well-educated
1: you know when uh, okay so uh out here on the Hopi reservation we have second mesa first mesa and third mesa schools out here and a lot of the times that kids don't go to school because of like different ceremonies and different uh ideas be- behind that and so i believe that because these schools out here are not public schools they're funded by grant school so that one kind of kind of eliminates that funding problem there because i don't know if i don't know if they have that same jurisdiction or same kind of outlook where it's like you know how many kids per head that you can get money for if it's grant school or not i'm not too sure about that but i don't know if you if you've taught out here on the on the reservation is that is that something that you can elaborate on or is that something that you can answer
2: no i haven't but bie does have their own set of rules and it it does work very similarly
0: Okay. Well, you know, I, I think that this idea of community involvement with education is something that I I think folks kind of understand to a degree out here because like, like for me, like for example, right? Like, like I, I go to work eight to five, bust my ass bring home the bacon and then I come home and it's like, you know, you're so exhausted. It's like the last thing you want to do is like, uh, I, I, I guess really work with your students to give them the support that they need. And I know that's probably like a real asshole-ish thing. Cause I'm, I'm hearing it as I, it's coming out of my mouth, but then, you know, and I, I feel like that, that attitude is probably pretty prevalent throughout our communities because not only is it our, our, uh, I guess, obligations as people that provide for our families. But then you have all these other um, extending circumstances in homes such as, you know, like the alcoholism that Mm -hmm. you got parents that would rather be drunk than do anything else. Or, you know, you just got absentee parents for whatever reason. And, you know, this was a conversation that Carl and I had last week within our extended paid version of the podcast is that you know something's wrong with our generations with with carl and i's generation something's wrong with the generation above it because then another um reality within our current state of education is that you have a lot of guas and souls that are raising children and that the parents for whatever reason are absent and then so you know it, it there's there's a lot of missing personnel within this idea that the com- community should support education and then you know for those that do fully truly and heartfeltly believe that and that they are there that they're there with their children after school and then you know giving them the support that they need to be able to understand the schoolwork, and then even going above and beyond to try to uh, provide some sort of educational practice outside the classroom that way that they're prepared and developed for the next year uh, w- w- the next advanced year after they they complete whatever school year that they're in that you do have those folks but it's fairly incomplete out here as far as ideally what it is that you would like and you know i think that the schools that they do their best to try to promote that idea that it takes a community for the educational process and then you know there's an idea that carl and i presented last week that sometimes it is the community that works to the detriment of Of our school systems out here, because then it's like, you know, we're a very reactionary community out here that, you know, when we hear news that rather than, you know, talking about it logically developing some sort of uh, some sort of um, answers to what some of these problems uh, provide to us that we just tend to complain. Yeah. And especially, you know, with the power of social media, with the power of Facebook, that our complaints tend to go online to where everybody sees it. And then, you know, for somebody like yourself, Amy, as an educator that, you know, if you have a presence online, that more than likely you're seeing these conversations being held. And then in turn, it creates an additional barrier as far as, you know, possibly, you know, your own mental health or even your own, I guess, uh, um, wanting to be able to do a good job at, at a school to where you're seeing that the community members might not be appreciative of it.
1: Yeah.
2: So that, that can be, um, real, and it can be overwhelming. Um, I think like for myself, like having grown up on the res, uh, I grew up wanting to get away from it, you know? And so I did, I did get to travel and from traveling, I gained my appreciation for, the simplicity of our lives and I absolutely love it. So it quick brought me right back home to become better educated, better educated and Hopi, but better educated, um, in my professional life. And so I do see how there, there are frustrations and a disconnect between community and school and every school struggles with this. It doesn't just have to be on the rug. Um, you do need, Everybody to be, everyone has a role. Everybody has to really question that because whether you work at the bank or the post office or even nowhere, you are doing something in some capacity to either help the system improve or not. And so when you really look at it inward, you get to question what your belief can do. And that's where I find those challenges to be exciting because. I know what education can do, even if it means you get to just live the luxury of staying home in our own local communities. That's a great opportunity.
1: You know, here on the you're uh, like, you know, second Mesa, first Mesa and third Mesa schools out here, you know, they they have a lot of community support with each other, not just in the schools, but more or less like in the Hopi Hopi way of life. You know, if, they're, if their kid is doing something like it during Indian days or like, you know, during something ceremonial wise in the village, then everybody gets together. Everybody has that same support like that. So when, when it comes to schooling, they really kind of rely on the teachers themselves to kind of, You know, like brush it off to them and say that, hey, you guys do what you guys do. You're getting paid for this. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are, you guys are being paid for to do this thing here. And, and, you know, like when we do that, when we, when we say that, then we kind of, it becomes more or less of a job rather than a than a passion for something else cuz when you look at it a job is just a menial part of like society where it's like mm-hmm. moving rocks basically that's a job you know move one rock to another rock that's a menial job that's a job but when you have that passion of helping others then it becomes it becomes a career it becomes a passion something like that and that's what teachers are lacking is that Teachers believe that this is just a job. You know, they they believe that teaching kids is just a job. That's why we get paid for it. You know, this is why we get paid for it. And this is the whole idea behind community is because when we think about it, when we really think about it, that the community thinks that, oh, you guys are being paid to do this, being paid to watch my kid eight hours a day <laughs> to to teach him something,
0: him or her something. That that that's funny that you say that because that's exactly how I was thinking. <laughs> Especially during the pandemic, yeah, like that was probably like one of the most stressful times in my entire life yeah. because then you know all the schools closed, and then when the schools finally reopened, that they shifted to 100% online, yeah. And so you know my son was just starting school, yeah. during this time, and so he's like five, six years old, and you know they're issuing out laptops to all of the students, and then so in addition to the laptops, he had these little I think they call them jetpacks, yeah, yeah, which are these little square boxes that's supposed to magically bring the Internet to, to your household, but because every single school was online, and I think that every single school used the same internet service. Mm-hmm. That oftentimes the internet was crashing left and right. And then you know, as a parent, because then you know you're you're home with the kid. Because in my job too at that time we were we were sent home to work from home. Yeah, during the pandemic, and then so we're trying to get on the internet to be able to do our jobs, and in addition at the same time trying to make sure that they're on the internet, make sure. That their zooms working. Make sure that they're they're paying attention, and that was like the theme. It's like I don't get paid to do this. <laughs> shit. This, this,
1: is is this is your job here. This is your job, exactly. And that's how we. That's how the community thinks that way. So, would you call your education? Would you call the your no you know, you know uh, your part in the school systems a job or a passion?
2: For me, it's a passion. And it's a passion because there are times, like the pandemic is a good example, there are times where I've absolutely burnt out on the job aspect of it. And I still find another way to show up and and to use what I was born to do, you know, in, in a way that's beneficial. So at that point, it's a passion. It's something that I believe in fully.
1: And so, like, you know, the, the whole idea behind it, because two, is that, when we talk about, when you were talking about community coming together, when you were talking about like, you know, have, having community being together as a whole and trying to, de- trying to develop solutions to problems, is that something that is currently going on in the school systems or is it just like, you know, a, a wish basically?
2: No, I think that's the entire goal of education because you start to get the ideas that you then follow to help you figure out who you're going to be in life. And then from that, you make a conscious choice to become that person. So and involving the community, the community as a whole, it could be who are you going to become when you grow up? Who will you be? Um, Versus like who do you want to be your neighbor? Do you want them to be law-abiding? Do you want them to be helpful? Uh, Do you want them to be kind? You have to be thinking of those. You have to know who you are. Figure that out, you know, be, and it takes a bit to explore who you're going to become. But also, there's an inherent birthright. You're born to be somebody. You just have to choose as the individual to figure out who that will be.
1: So you, I, I, so I, I think okay. that, uh, okay. So you're saying there there is a solution being uh, presented for the community, right?
2: Oh yeah, and it's question what your role is. So now, there, are you a parent? Are you?
1: So you're, you're saying that it's, it's already being done, right?
2: Yeah, it's happening in every school. Um, you know, you gave a prime example of when they have Indian Day and the whole community shows up or a sport, sporting activity. Everybody shows up, you know, they're willing to take time off of their job to go invest in these ventures that kids are interested in. And those are really, really prime opportunities where you blend the two because a lot of, and you guys both pointed it out, that you you know there's an assumption that these people have gone to school this is their job they must know something but it's at no rate higher than the community itself you know parents are the first teachers whomever that is in a household they're the first teachers and then you work with the school officials and together that's how you build the character of your child that's how you get them set up in a productive way where them they can go out and venture to figure out who they're going to be and how they'll be helpful to the world
0: it's kind of an interesting conversation that we're having because you know amy you can't see because you're not here in the studio but carl just has this real puzzled look on his face and, and i think that has to do with because there there were i i think that between the three of us that we're kind of all in opposite places because you know you're putting so much emphasis in the community and you know i don't know what it is i, I don't know if if you're if you're in the right place and we're in the wrong place, or if we're in the right place and you're in the wrong place, because then it's like one of us yeah. is either overvaluing the community or or one of us is severely undervaluing the community. I think that me and Carl, I think we're, we're kind of leading towards the, the undervaluing because then, you know, like as you're talking, Amy, it's like, Carl's just like, when and where is this actually happening? Yeah.
1: Because like, you know, we were talking about like problems and problems to that were community. You, You were, you were, you were explaining that community needs to do these things. And then you contradicted yourself saying that community is already doing these things. And so, I'm kind of puzzled to say, to hear like, well, what they is they
2: but there can always be better. Well, yeah, they are doing these things, you know, schools do, they, they work for that family, uh, family school bond. So they are doing these things, but are there areas of improvement? Absolutely. You know, if, if there's no harm in, if you're not understanding something, it could be as simple as a parent teacher conference. Sometimes teachers, teacher talk it. You know, and it's okay to say, well, what does that mean? What does that mean in terms for my child? You know, how can we work together to improve this? So there's always that, what, what you're hearing as the con- the contradicting. There's always areas to improve because really what we're doing is we're growing little people into adulthood who then become the next community.
0: And, and you know, I, I, I don't think that we're going to get thoroughly through my list again no, uh, two, two, no. two weeks in a row but you know Amy you did present a real interesting and intriguing idea of this community and its involvement with education and you know I, I do believe and like you're saying and that's something to consider is that you know I, I think that when you talk about community vol- involvement especially out here on the res that it is happening in, in, in pockets it's happening in places that you do have parents that do do the right thing that they do you know bust their ass eight to five they come home Home, tired as they are, that they still work with their child to ensure that they're understanding the the my kids their, their school they call homework they call it uh, home practice and it's it's kind of weird home and practice. I ever since I was a kid I've always been an advocate to have no homework because yeah. it's like what the hell am I doing this at home for I <laughs> do this shit eight to three <laughs> in in the classroom but anyway so you know my kids they they bring home their home practice and then you know my wife she she does a lot of the work with them and then you know like that you have jackasses like myself who come home and say you know fuck that I'm tired and I'm trying to do other things and then so you know you do have pockets to where it is happening and it isn't happening because then you know gung-ho parents that they're there for the parent teacher conferences that there is this one couple out in Munkapi that I I really do admire because then they're there for everything and so I'd like to send a shout out to the Salt family of Munk. Hopi Day School because then you know they're they're a husband and wife team and they're they're really there for a lot of things you know all of the things that are going on all the various athletic activities and you know other things that they're there and they're putting their time in or trying to organize other parents so that they can be involved and help out in other ways and then you know because then as we're as we've been talking about this and I think that's one thing that's been really unique to Hopi is that when you talk about bringing the community into the schools there two things that are very popular within our schools that bring all of the community into our schools, and that's sports, and that's Indian Day. Mm -hmm. And then so it's like how... Outside of those two events, then do we get the community involved for some of these other things that are going on. And so, you know, like with my kids at school, you got spelling bees that go on. You got fundraisers for class trips or for other things that need to be purchased. And I I guess, you know, to, to a point that Amy made, it's really understanding that square principle of funding. Because then, you know, a lot of the things that we want to happen if they're not happening usually funding is a big problem or a big part of why it's not happening and then you know really understanding getting the community to really understand how how the funding works and, and where it could be an issue because then you know you hear parents question something sometimes you know it's like if there's a basketball game how come I had to pay to get in like the yeah. other schools didn't yeah. charge for the basketball game, but for some reason this school's charging. And then, you know, it's really understanding those, those concepts. But one of the other things too, that I wanted to kind of introduce to the conversation and, you know, unfortunately we're not going to get to a lot of what we, I had planned, but, you know, it's this idea of a dream school. Like, like, I don't know. Cause, you know, sometimes I sit back and I imagine, you know, what, what could, a functioning educational system be? And, you know, maybe I'm not as well versed into what the current state of our education system here is on Hopi and is it effective? You know, is our educational system effective? Because then, you know, I I really do think about like a lot of the different issues that our people go through nowadays you know you think about some of the health problems that a lot of us have and a lot of that has to related to the diet that we have you know this issue of diabetes yeah. can education yeah. solve that problem or you think about some of the other domestic things that go on you know this alcohol abuse this drug abuse that's run rampant throughout our communities and if you have children that are attending our schools that live within these types of households can education be a solvent to, you know, some of those woes that, you know, our, our children are experiencing or, you know, that are going on within some of these homes. And then, you know, because I've always been on the train that I do believe that the incorporation of culture. The incorporation of our language and I think this probably really attests to Carl's idea of this traditional education and the importance of it that I think that if more of it was present then I think that our people would value themselves more mm-hmm. I think that our people would value this idea of being a parent more and the importance of our children and the place that they play and then to Amy's point that I think that that would bring us in into as a community more because then like when you think about When you think about some of these things that we do That they're very much a community thing When you think about all these not-yes that occur That it really brings the community together And that when you have these big gatherings That's kind of where you learn Like who you're related to How you're related to certain individuals Establishing kinship with people And then in turn, you know And I always kind of made this joke That, you know, when you're doing something When you're undergoing a very difficult process especially in our Hopi way that whoever you're doing it with that you develop some sort of bond mm-hmm. that there's this bonding aspect of it and then so therefore then you're connected to somebody because of something difficult that you, you did and then trying to figure out how to incorporate those things within a school system because then if our kids have to be there every single day then you know it like it might as well be productive towards that aspect of who we are as Hopi people and then so you know I think that you and I we had this conversation on the paid part of last week's episode and so you know we we, we have some really good points on those paid episodes yeah. so if you're out there listening and you're not a paid subscriber yet it's a good plug for that paid subscription but then you know I think that the conversation that Carlin and I had and Amy maybe you have some experience working within the private education sector but really that was the idea is that we had to go private yeah if we really want to make a lot of these private schools
1: are probably the best way to go for funding for education and for solving a lot of the problems that are are deemed a problem in public schools and bi well not bia anymore but grant schools now so do you have anything else to say against that uh amy
2: no that's kind of true there is a huge charter school movement um and All systems of school do work similar yet different, but I think as a problem solver and looking at it from that perspective, if that is a way to bridge a gap, that charter schools are the way to go. They do receive funding. Um, You can guide it how you'd like, and I really like that you stopped to wonder about what your role was in education is what it felt like because you were talking about how special we are. It is so special to be Hopi. We're very lucky to be born into that life. And when you start thinking about that, it does trickle out into all of the ideas are there. You nailed it. There's community and all of the events we do. There's a, a bonding. You know, you feel like you belong because there's an avenue for you to do that. So it's twofold. You know, if we really look at this, it already exists. It's not a new idea. It's a K-N-E-W. We knew this. It's Hopi life. We already have it. So if you use that same mentality and then you pair it with going to school or helping at the school or wondering what your role is in education, you can do all of those things. You can learn from our land. It's still education. It's finding out that it's about thinking, about knowledge, about knowing, about understanding. And when you understand, then you have the idea of these problems that you're trying to solve, then you know what you're working for. It's a deeper rooted meaning.
0: Because when I, when I think about the current state of education and not just education on the reservation, but I guess education in general, it's like, you know, it it frustrates me so much because then, you know, Amy, you pointed this out that the state of Arizona has one of the lowest, um, I guess, support as far as financials go towards our school system. And, you know, and I I made this rant in in the pay, again, in the paid subscription. Paid episodes, so you guys are missing a lot on those paid episodes if you're not paying for it. But you know, I I kind of made this rant because then you know when I think about the current state of education, that that truly is. And I make this joke, and I call the hope Hopi Reservation the upside down. But our current state of education truly is the upside down because then like it doesn't make sense. Like it makes absolute no sense to me that you know the the effort as a country, the finances, the resources that we put into our educational systems is very low and then you look at what it is that we put our resources into it's usually things like the military or some sort of weapon advancement and then you know it, it for how important education is to a society that you would think that it would be the opposite. But then you know you think about this baseline of education and you're you're thinking about like maybe the um I, I don't know like like the inner cities. You're thinking about places like yeah. Phoenix and Flagstaff yeah. but then when you think about reservation education that's even below that as far as funding and resources go towards that and then even thinking about the educational curriculum because then you know the curriculum kind of really forces us to look at this it forces us to look outward it forces us to look outside it makes us look at mainstream education it makes us look at mainstream society it normalizes mainstream society and Amy you hit this point to where you said that we have to stop thinking of ourselves as inferior but part of the reason is why we look at ourselves as inferior is because of how the educational curriculum is set up to normalize a certain society. And then completely leaving out a certain society, our society, Mm -hmm. out of the educational conversation. And so, you know, I think that that's something that has been examined and something that we need to start talking about here on Hopi to be able to incorporate that. And I know that that, that's kind of a speaking point to what they've been talking about with this new Hopi Board of Education. So, Amy,
1: do you think that Hopi education is more important than Bahana education or is it bond education yes. more important than Hopi education?
2: Hopi education first is always the most important.
1: Then why don't schools incorporate that a lot more into the public schools or the BIA or the grant schools?
2: Well, but it's, you, you have to really look at it as a family. It goes right back to that community perspective. The family is the first teacher. Whomever that is, whether it's parents, grandparents, relatives, It's the first teacher. It sets you up. But when you really look at it and you start to know about it, then you understand it. And when you understand it, then you can send your kids with skills to then learn secondary, which is the Pahana education. And when you look at it, we do all sorts of things. We work really hard, as Hopi people. We work together. Those are all skills that directly translate into the other life. You collaborate. The same thing. You have to study hard. We already know how to work hard. It's built into our culture. That's how we're hoping. That's what we understand. We have a really strong work ethic. But when you really think about it and you start to blend these two worlds, they're very different. But you use the same skill set in both worlds. And that's where success is. That's where higher education is. Whatever that looks like. That doesn't necessarily mean college or trade school. It means knowing a little bit more than you did yesterday or being brave enough to go find somebody who will help you learn these things. But I I do believe it's first and foremost important because we have a really beautiful value system and we're very lucky to have it because it's a community responsibility. It goes right back to community again. All right, and I'd like to give a special shout out to my brother Jake, who is an agriculture teacher and avid listener out of Belco, Oklahoma.
0: Oh, wow, cool. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you
1: for the, those, you know, that elaborate uh, explanation and what you do with your job and everything else in between. But, you know, uh, time is just something that is really against us. And for this podcast too, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that we might have some sort of extension on this education because yes, we have not really scratched the surface. We're basically just, you know, nailed deep into this now. We're, we're not even going into like, uh, you know, everything else. So if you guys have gotten this far into the podcast, I thank you guys. I know it's been a long, long uh, podcast here. And if you guys want to listen to our extended versions of this podcast, go to anchor.fm slash cjpodcast85 to subscribe. Now it's only seven ninety nine dollars a month and you get to have a great content that nobody else has.
0: And if you're not following us on our social media accounts, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Carl and J-Man all across the boards. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give us a five-star review because your podcast isn't five stars unless your Apple Podcast says you're five stars. And if you're listening to this on anything other than Spotify, listen to it a second time again on Spotify because then that really helps us line up our pockets so we can use that 50%. Discount on Magic Mind, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And go get get us our, get ourselves some more green shot. And you're listening
1: to Carl and Jamie and Save the World podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend Jamie.
0: So long, but. So